0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast mock draft monday monday april 13th i'm will brinson i'm your host I'll be joined by ryan wilson and rj white shortly we will do some mock chatter and do some nfc afc west team by team needs next monday um we have uh we're gonna do a live mock draft of sorts maybe a couple people on the horn rip through at a mock draft maybe some trades involved it'll be a fun time. so Make sure and uh, subscribe, rate, and review, or just subscribe so you can get that podcast. Uh, coming up this week, we're going to go through the most interesting teams in the draft over uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, two teams each day, and then bust down some defensive prospect rankings with Chris Trapasso, um and uh, Brian McFadden, as well as Emery Hunt. Should be exciting times. Make sure and watch. If you're uh, if it's before noon, go fire up your CBS Sports app and watch our CBS Sports HQ mock draft mocktacular. Uh, it'll be from twelve to three. I will be grading all the picks. There are a bunch of insane trades. The whole thing is bananas. Um, and then at from four p.m. to five p.m., we have our CBS our Pick Six podcast show on CBS Sports HQ. Feel free to come check that out as well. Uh, joining me now to talk some draft stuff, Ryan Wilson. Hey, Ryan. Happy Easter. It, that was yesterday, but thank you. And RJ White. What's up, Bill Obrinson? Hi. Bill Bill, Bill Obrinson. I like it. I name my son my next, if I have another child, name him Bill O. Bill Bill Obrinson. Uh, I'm not going to really do that. So virtual pro day videos are, starting to really be a thing we talked about it on the Friday's Pix6 pod show but uh, tua did an hour-long workout with uh, Trent Dilfer it appeared and um, filmed it all and the the video to no one's surprise was leaked onto the internet how much
2: stock are you putting into tua's performance RJ uh, it means nothing. I mean, it means even less than the drills at the combine. You know, the scouts, coaches, personnel, they aren't there to evaluate. They aren't there to get their own standardized testing numbers with some of these pro days. So when you see, you know, these 4.1540s or whatever these guys are running, it doesn't mean anything at all. I mean, from a player side, you understand the reasoning for it. You try to build up buzz. Hope that that visibility helps your stock, you know, if your name is out there. But nobody is changing their two evaluations based on those videos, you know.
3: I'm with you, RJ. I mean, it means it would mean something if they released a video and he's out there throwing balls through the windows or short-hopping passes everywhere. Then you'd be like, oh, two is clearly not the same player we saw a year ago. He looked great, um, as you might expect. He moved around well, which is great news for him. But I, I think RJ's right. Whatever the the evaluation these NFL teams have of him probably haven't changed based on um, that 15-minute workout. So um, glad he's doing better. I hope he's a top-ten pick. But, um, I, I mean, I... that. It, meant literally nothing to see him moving around well other than the fact that he is in fact now moving around well
1: do you think that he is uh that he throws it as well as aaron Rodgers and dan marino
3: he is better than dan marino briscoe <laughs> will attest to as much
1: yeah that was a uh, Prisco's quote no i'm just kidding uh trent dilfer apparently what he meant to say was that he throws it better at this stage of his career than aaron Rodgers, and then I don't know what the compare with the Dan Miranda thing was. I think he messed up in his comparison. I don't mind the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Like Rodgers wasn't a complete slam dunk. Ro- Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers coming out of Cal.
3: Maybe he meant Dan McGuire. Mm. You know Dan McGuire? You don't know Dan McGuire, do you? Dan McGuire?
2: Baseball? Old baseball guy? No. Old football player? Yeah. Do you know who Dan McGuire is, RJ? Uh, the name's familiar. Was it, is that Chargers? It may have been. Mark McGuire's
3: Brother, who was like a seven foot
2: four quarterback.
3: No weights, no weights. 100%. Look it up. He was, he didn't have a very good football NFL career. I'll I'll put it at that. I think he played in the Pac-10 at the time. I can't remember where he went to school exactly, but he was like literally six, seven, six, eight. He was just way too tall to be a quarterback. And and that was part of his downfall. My point is that maybe that's who Trent Dilfer was referring to, not Dan Marina, Dan McGuire. Did you look it up?
1: 16th overall pick in
3: 91. Washington State maybe? Where'd he go? San Diego State. Yeah. Dan McGuire's brother. Oh. How tall is he listed at? 6'7"? 6'8"? 6'8", 240. I mean, you can't have a 6'8 quarterback. Let's see. I mean. Broids. Right now. He was, like, lanky, if I recall correctly. He was certainly not I getting. I remember Dan McGuire. That's crazy. How many games did he play? I bet he didn't play three NFL seasons. He must have. Uh, he played? 16 overall pick. He must have. Five NFL seasons. Four Seattle
1: as the 16th overall pick, and then one with Miami in 95.
3: Ugh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, started, um, completed, uh, his best season, 1994,
3: completed 51 passes. Oh, come on, Dan. All yeah. right. All right. Good trip. didn't mean to make this a dunk on Dan McGuire podcast, but I was just trying to, trying Dan,
1: to say, Dan McGuire, settling into his life as a, uh, in Reno, Nevada <laughs> as a, uh, insurance agent and lighting company executive, enjoying his, his commute to work. Fires at the pick six podcast and just out of nowhere, Ryan Wilson just backs over,
3: backs him over with a bus four or five times. Like for the record, Dan, if you're listening, you are my top rated quarterback coming out of the ninety one draft, so does that make you feel any better? I don't I don't believe that. I was still the mock drafts back then.
1: Um uh, yeah. now I'm trying to see who the other well, who else went in that draft class. Uh let's see who the Dan McGuire was the first quarterback taken.
3: I knew it. Todd Marinovich. Yeah. Yes, he's better than Todd. Oh, uh, Brett Favre. Yeah. He, he had, he had a lot of holes in this game back then at Southern. Yes. <laughs>
1: he actually did. Favre fell <laughs> to the second round, 33rd, uh, overall pick in the, uh, in the second
3: round. All right. Sorry to get you sidetracked. But that was maybe what Trent Duffer meant instead of Dan Marino. All
1: right. So where, where do you guys stand? This is like sort of our weekly Tua check-in. Where do you stand on Tua in terms of, uh, where, where you think he'll be drafting? I know, in the mock draft coming up from 12 to 2 on Monday, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but he falls far, surprisingly far, and a shocking team trades up to, to stop the fall.
2: Uh, do you think it's realistic that Tua makes it past like six at this point? Yeah, it could happen, um, but I, I don't think it will. I think Miami still will be the team to take him. Uh, maybe not even at five. They might trade up, you know, to be worried that they don't miss him because they have so many picks and they did so much to address their needs in free agency that they could sacrifice a pick or two to move up, uh, and make sure that they're the team that gets him. But, you know, a lot of this smoke that's come out about teams being down on Tua, uh, it really feels, you know, driven by teams trying to sink his stock a little bit. I, I don't think he's going to fall out of the top five.
3: Yeah, that's my theory with the, uh, you have all those draft picks. Why not take a chance on them? The whole smoke screening about they might take Justin Herbert, the Dolphins, that would be a huge, just don't take Tua or Justin Herbert if you don't like Justin and you're not sold on Tua's health. But tell me, man, Justin here's,
1: Her- here's the thing with the Dolphins for me. Like, if you don't like Tua, if you, it's if you're the Dolphins, the like whatever they're saying, like whatever you hear these Miami beat writers parroting. And no, I mean no offense. Like I, do am not sure if Adam Beasley's done it. Uh, I know like Armando Salguera did this whole article breaking down to his health. And so there's one of two things that's happening here. Either one, um, you know, Miami wants their fans not to freak out if they pass on him. Or two, to me, more likely, they're trying to suppress Tua's value so they can trade up for cheaper than what Washington or Detroit wants them to pay to get up there. Um, if you, if you didn't want to draft Tua, if you really didn't want to draft Tua, you just don't say anything about him and you let like your silence make people think that you're, that you're desperate to get him. And then you just pass on him and you take whoever you want with your picks. Uh, to me, the, the, the whole thing is a thou doth protest too much smokescreen where we like Justin Herbert, too, and, you know, we might, um, you know, we might end up, uh, you know, Tua's just got too many injuries. Like I just feel like it's clear that they're trying to get people off the, the obvious scent.
3: David Chow actually made a good point. The um, pro football doc on Twitter, former, um, he's an orthopedic surgeon, used to work with the Chargers.
1: I've, I've been on this podcast and explained to him the whole pro football doc situation between us.
3: All right. Thank you. Uh, but he was on Twitter the other day and, and made a good point that Tua isn't really injury prone. Tua is just a mobile quarterback who takes hits while being mobile. And I think we've talked about this on one of the various platforms that I have to spend time with you on, Brinson, but that, um, you know, if he's more like Russell Wilson in his future and less like RG3, he'll have a better chance of, of staying healthy. If he's not, he will continue to have these injuries. But I don't, I agree. I don't think he's injury prone. She said he runs around a lot and makes plays with his feet. So what's your floor for Tua to get drafted, right? He can fall in the first round. I don't think he will, but, I mean, if he— Stop it. No, I think he's going top 10. I think it is hard to imagine him falling. Here's the thing. I don't know if a team has to trade up to get him because if they're concerned about him, who's trading up? The Chargers? Other than the Chargers, who's trading up? The Dolphins don't need to if they're only concerned about the Chargers.
2: Jaguars? Will the Jaguars trade up, though? I mean, unless they're perfectly satisfied with Minshew, but if they were perfectly satisfied with Minshew, then why'd they go back to Foles when he was healthy, you know? That's
3: my argument, but Jack, Jaguars fans and
2: the, the, the guy driving the bus there,
3: Pete Briscoe, is adamantly against the idea of trading up for...
2: Yeah, I, I don't think they will, but I did a mock with where they did it, because they have the assets to spend to do it. Uh, especially if they throw, you know, Yannick Nagakwe there, you could imagine a team like Detroit or, or Washington, if they're gonna pass on Chase Young at two to trade down, getting that asset is gonna, gonna feel good about it. So, you know, it's a situation I could see happening. I don't think it's gonna happen, but it's a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility the Raiders go up. Uh, if they like Derek Carr, why are they signing Marcus Mariota? So uh, you, you can see them move up I, I don't think that the Patriots or Saints Have the ammunition to get up to three or four for them But you never know So I mean there are teams if, if the interest is there Somebody's going to trade up for them Alright um, What are you giggling about?
3: <laughs> no, I've got golf on um, You're giggling about a golf tournament That happened 12 months ago
1: I I like to support CBS And on Sunday I'm watching the replay of the Masters from 2019.
3: Nice deflection. All right, try to focus for a few minutes. Come on,
1: Jalen Rager ran a four two two. Oh yeah, that's the other thing about these all night printed videos. Like, how do you think teams are trusting these numbers that are getting thrown out there? It's like Jalen Rager ran a four two two
2: forty. It's like, you know, you get the. There's, you know, there's like, no way. It means nothing. It means absolutely right. nothing.
3: All right. It means less than the two a video. To be honest with you, I mean, why even put that out there? You know, no one's gonna believe you. He ran a four four seven in the combine. How about this? Say just four three nine. You'd be like, oh, that's reasonable. I could see you've been proving that. But 422, you're not running a 4-2-2 if you're running a 30-yard dash.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous.
3: Like what it like but yeah, you
1: know, it's like it's like this picture of like some scout holding his iPhone. Or like it was it, Steve Palazzo of PFF. of PF point he's like, dude, an agent just texted me this video. It's like the, yeah, it's like 419 or something on a, on an iPhone. It's like, come on, nobody.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing about even the combine, the the teams aren't going by the official combine numbers. They're going by their own hand time numbers. That's why they send people to, to get the same numbers, you know, that they, and they have consistency throughout. And so those guys go to these pro days and they get their own hand time numbers, too. So if you do improve your numbers, you're at least comparing apples to apples. You can't compare it off of somebody else timing it and, and it showing up in a video on YouTube. So I don't think it matters to these teams at all what, what number you put out there.
1: Um, alright, let's get to Ryan's big board. Um, what's, how much different is your big board currently than, uh, an average mock draft? And obviously for those, for, if anyone doesn't realize it, like a big board, the purpose of it is a direct ranking of prospects. Um, I get, I guess regardless of position, right? Like yep. if you, you don't like, Joe Burrow doesn't get a higher grade because he's a quarterback, but he's a really good quarterback, and so he's number two on your big board, whereas Chase Young is the best prospect on your big board, correct?
3: Yeah, that's right. And um, in that vein, Justin Herbert is 41 on my big board. He will probably be a top-ten pick because people like quarterbacks a lot more than they like safeties, for example. So um, that's why he's there. Um Jordan Love. Where is Jordan Love?
2: Mm-hmm. I think Just outside the top 30, like 33. 30,
3: 30, 30, 30, thank you. Um, thank you, RJ. Yeah. So, um, that feels about right. If he went to the bottom of the first round, it's like, oh, I, I get that, but he may go 15 or 16. So, yeah, it's just based on how you feel each player is as a player, regardless of, of where they play. Jeffrey Kuta is number five on my big board. He will probably be the third player taken. And if he goes third, that makes sense. Derek Brown's six. If he went third, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. So, um. So you but, have two of four. So why is it, why aren't you banging the table that some team needs to take two or early? Well, they're going to take him at five.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, but you're like, Hey, he might fall of the first round. Who knows? It's
3: uh, just a hip thing. That's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I like to, I love the way he plays. Um, and he's really, really good, but he's just, he's had a bunch of injuries. So that, that's the concern. Like RJ said, and I agree with, if you're the Dolphins, you take him no matter what because you have six picks in the first 70. You have three first round picks. What do you got to lose?
2: Yeah, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but the, this ranking is done irrespective of injuries for the most part. I mean, injuries could have a big uh, impact on draft stock where guys go. You have Brian Edwards out of South Carolina at 66. I mean, I don't know if you anticipate a team using a day-two pick on him with his injuries at this point. I could see him falling to the fourth round, even you know deep in the fourth round, just because you don't have the uh, the capacity to, to measure these guys for injury as you would in a normal year because of the coronavirus. So, um, With a guy like that, you have him at 66. He could be the 66th best player. I don't argue with that. I just don't think he's going to go that high
3: yeah and also that the um um, he broke his foot so he didn't compete in the combine and also there are 40,000 wide receivers that could get drafted so that's going to push him down as well but um yeah i i I like his game but that doesn't necessarily mean he will be
2: drafted in the second round
1: rj have you seen the mock draft that we put
2: together for mock draft monday Uh, i have not i'm looking forward to tuning in at noon eastern and uh, watching it live Do you, Ryan, do you think that we're
1: doing anybody a
2: disservice with this
3: ridiculous mock draft? Well, here's the thing. We, this will be our fourth one, I believe. Yes. We could do the same mock draft every week. This time was a little, little crazy. So we, we had some mock drafts. I was the Bengals and I'll, I'll let you guys in a little secret. I traded out the first pick. What do you, what were you thinking?
1: And do you think it's something the Bengals should really consider more?
3: The Bengals shouldn't consider it, but let me – I'll tell you because I would imagine by the time people listen listen to this, the, the YouTube show will have already happened, and you can watch it on YouTube. Um,
1: I'm a, sure there's some metrics that Devo could provide that would prove you wrong, but go ahead anyway. I think it's, I think it's a worthwhile talking point. I don't want to waste or – I don't want to lose the this opportunity to discuss it on this mock draft. My, yeah, my. so I,
3: I had the number one pick, and in exchange, the Dolphins gave me picks 5, 18, 26, and 50 – what's their second, for second round pick? 56 uh, Fifty six, I think yeah. Yeah, 6. So that for to to move down four spots. And I was working under the impression that Joe Burrow doesn't want to be there. And we don't want him to come to some place he doesn't want to be. Also, we signed Cam Newton to a two-year deal. We also traded Andy Dalton to the Patriots for a third-round pick. So all that taken together, would you guys still not do that deal?
2: I don't mind it. Um, I, I would like to see you get two at five, so you can have a franchise quarterback set up. But yeah, all those picks eighteen twenty six seventy, the third or fifty six, the third round pick that you got from from the Patriots, that's really going to help their team. We know that they were a bad team. Obviously, they had the number one pick. Um, and they did some work in free agency, but not enough to be competitive. I think in that division. So getting having Cam Newton to come in and you know be the guy now, but then setting it up with Tua on the back end to, to take over. When he's healthy and he's ready. And then you have all those picks at impact players, I think would be a good idea.
1: I I mean, I, I think it's like you could get so there's just if you have that many picks, you can get so many players to reboot your roster. Like if you do a half decent job with you know, four first four picks in the top 70, you could really come away with like a, a much better football team. But I mean, Burrow is pretty terrifying to pass up on.
3: Yeah, that's uh, the math you have to do. And if you strike out on the quarterback that you end up taking, that's double double egg on your face. But it's like if you're—I mean, if you're—would you rather have
1: would you rather have Tua and multiple first-round picks or Burrow and nothing else?
3: Well, Tua has to be healthy. We talked about this the other day on the podcast, R.J. Like Tua with Andrew Luck's career, which was six or seven years or whatever, and all those picks, or Joe Burrow, and you you don't—you know—the the vast unknown. I mean, I
2: don't know. I'll, I take Andrew luck. If I know I'm getting eight years, seven years, whatever it was, then, okay. then I take that. Cause you just don't know about burrow. Is yeah. he going to make it in the league that long? You, you don't know. We think so. He's a very good prospect, but, but um just the history of the league says that these guys don't last 10 years, you know? And even if they do, even if you get eight years, like
1: you saying you're saying you would take 86, you would take Andrew luck's career at, you would take it. Would you? Would you draft? Would you take Andrew Luck over Joe Burrow? Yeah.
2: Uh, would I take that career lock it in? Except in instead of the Burrow unknown, I, I would. You know, if you gave me that, he played at a very high level. He took him to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Um, he, he's a good quarterback, and I think any quarterback prospect coming out, if you make them Andrew Luck for eight years, I would take it. Now, I would hope that he not have all those injuries. Um, that that you know tanks at least one of those years, maybe even two. But um yeah, he played he played at a high enough level for long enough that you would hope that your quarterback prospect develops into that.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um is uh what are, do you guys I've seen some people saying they don't like Derek Brown. Do you guys like Derek Brown?
2: <laughs> Who said that?
3: Tell me, give me names.
2: No. Oh. I <laughs> Yeah, it's because he's not an interior, he's not like a penetrator. He's not like going to rack up sack numbers. He's not Gerald McCoy or or Grady Jarrett, but I mean, he's a very well-rounded player and he's, he's going to make your line better and the guys around him better. So I think he's as safe a pick as you're going to get. If you want to make sure you might, he might not be an A plus plus if you take him at three, but he's not going to be a C. You know, he's going to give you a good A minus to B plus, uh, you know, grade for the next five years. Yeah. I was actually watching the
3: Florida Auburn game this weekend because i was watching um marlon davidson who i have to talk about on the draft show on, on on monday and um Derek brown plays two spots over and he was just dominating people i mean he never loses at the point of attack he's stout against the run he gets into the backfield play after play
2: i don't know who doesn't like him
1: okay fair enough
2: i have a question for ryan Okay. Uh Xavier McKinney's stock seems lower to me as a process played out. It seems like a lot of people are dropping him out of their first round and making him a second round pick. Uh you had him in the top twenty. You had him at sixteen. Uh you think he's still a first rounder. Do you think like there's any question to his game that he shouldn't be the top safety? Like what, what's your opinion on him right now?
3: I love Xavier McKinney. And the only reason he's sort of fallen out of my top in the first round of the last few mock drafts is because other guys are getting pushed up. And I don't know if safety's a huge need for a lot of teams. I mean, the Cowboys make sense at 17, but they could take a cornerback or an edge rusher. I'd rather have CJ Henderson if he were there. Um, Caitlin Chase on if he were there, if you're the Cowboys. Uh, but I love a lot about, he's so versatile. He can play deep, but he plays close to the line of scrimmage. He plays in the slot. He blitzes off the edge, which is, um, something you don't see uh, all the time from, from safeties. I think he ran a 4-6, but he plays a lot faster than that. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like he's, he's certainly a top 20 prospect. And if he goes in round two, it won't surprise him, but that's only because nothing he's done, but just because guys getting pushed up. Joe, Justin Jefferson's a guy who's gotten pushed up because he had a really good combine, for example. Uh, Denzel Mims has gotten pushed up because of the combine and, and sort of people coming on to him during the senior bowl. But, um, yeah, I like him. I like him as a first rounder. I don't know if that'll happen though.
1: Okay.
2: Um, do you have more questions for him, RJ? By all means, ask him. Um, yeah, how about Cesar Ruiz? He rounded out your top 25. Do you think he goes in the first round? I, I, I think he's kind of in play for the Dolphins at 26. I think he's in play for the Chiefs at 32. Uh, so I think it's possible he does. It seems like the buzz is kind of built around him. Nobody was talking about him. You know, I think a lot of people had him down in the 50s or 60s, kind of before the combine, uh early in the process. And he just seems to keep going up as people rewatch the tape. So you have him in the top 25. That says to me he's probably a first-rounder. What do you think? Briscoe had him as uh, his number five overall offensive lineman.
3: That's not. That might be a little too high. but um, those... he's in the mix the four offensive tackles, and then I guess it depends on what you like Josh Jones or Austin Jackson or yeah, Andrew Cleveland, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Those teams you mentioned, Dolphins at 26 makes a ton of sense. Um, the Chiefs make a ton of sense. And um, it's also funny, as you talk about, RJ, how these guys sort of start creeping up. Uh, Noah Iguanagini is a guy who sort of creeped up. He played at Auburn. It's sort of hard to imagine that you weren't paying attention to him, but there's so much going on, and there's only so much you can sort of wrap your brain around that these guys a lot of times – are off the radar, quote-unquote, um, to the media. I mean, the NFL teams know about these guys uh, until January, February, March. But um, he's the best pass-blocking interior offensive lineman in this draft class. Coming into the year is Tyler Biotish out of Wisconsin. He did not have a good year. Um, we were talking to our guy, Dan Schneier, who's an editor at NFL, uh, at uh, CBS for the NFL, and he's a Wisconsin guy, and he pointed out that Biotish was hurt a lot last year. So I'll give him that break. But Cesar Ruiz is is legit, and it would not surprise me at all if he went the first round or top of the second.
1: Okay. Now I want Arjun just to pick apart your list.
3: <laughs> he
1: does a good yeah. list. Ask, ask all the questions he doesn't want to ask you in a in an editor-writer setting. But now that you're both on equal footing
2: on podcasts as draftniks, he can shred your terrible list. To, to what what about me What about me makes you think I wouldn't ask him those questions in the first place? <laughs> no, I, know,
1: I, know, I know you would.
2: Um, uh, would you have Javon Kinlaw or Derek Brown? Uh, I'd take Brown. I just think he's more well-rounded. I I, I I, like I said, and understand the excitement for Kinlaw with his, his sack potential. But, uh, you know, Brown is just, like I said, the, the, the floor is so high for him that, that I would just take him and lock him in.
3: Yeah, I'm with, I like Kinlaw a lot too. But I, I think you know what you're getting in Derek Brown. He's done it for over such a long, remember, uh, Javon Kinlaw actually had a really good 2018 and there was some conversation that might come out, but Quentin Williams had one year that he flashed and that turned into a top five pick didn't do a whole lot last year he was injured and that's some of the reason but Derek Brown's been doing this forever so you it's no surprises in terms of you, you know what you're gonna get and I think that um, offers you some comfort too if you're say the Lions and you need to take take somebody at three
1: what um who are some guys so like you know you did 50 people so who are who are some names that people should watch out for and again, this is you know uh, Monday April 13th some names that could creep into the, like we talked to Pete Briscoe about it. He thinks there're roughly 26 guys who are locks for the first round, so it's not going to be a whole lot of difference in terms of what you see from mock drafts. You have a pretty finite first-round prospect pool, but uh, the you know six more spots to, to fill out. Who are some guys that are maybe a little bit off the radar that could slide into the first round for you guys?
3: Jeremy Chen for sure, uh, safety out of Southern Illinois. There's a lot. He of-
1: was uh, he was 24 to one to be the first safety off the board, dropped down to 12 to one, which is kind of interesting.
3: I wouldn't take him over Xavier McKinney. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Like um, I watched a couple of Southern Illinois games, um, and um, he he showed up at the Cedar Bowl. I, I remember seeing him and thinking that he didn't move quite as well as I thought he would, but I didn't study him a whole lot, just sort of in passing. But um, I would be wary of taking him as my first safety, especially if, if Xavier McKinney's there. Antoine Winfield, the issue might be injuries with him, so you don't know. But... Um, Physically, there's a lot to like about Jeremy Chin. I think he ran really well at the combine, maybe sub four five, um, and he's he can play close to the line of scrimmage. He's built that way. He can do a little coverage on the back end, so you can move him around. And it's sort of we've seen this with these guys like Isaiah Simmons, with um, Kyle Duggar, the kid out of Len- Lenore Ryan, Jeremy Chin. These sort of tweener guys that you can line up anywhere and and have success with. But Jeremy Chin's a name that has
2: been possibly mentioned as a first rounder. I don't think I would do that though. Yeah, we, we've, you know, we've mentioned Jeff Gladney enough in this space that I think it's pretty solid. People think, consider him a first rounder. I don't think early in the process he was considered that. So he's up there. Uh, we could see the tackles pushed up. We, we consider Josh Jones as the fifth best tackle, but you could see Austin Jackson go ahead of him. And I don't think that would catch too many people off guard. You could see Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia, you know, sneak into the first round just because people are looking for that tackle help. And it's so hard to find it that, that, uh, those guys could get pushed up. And then, um, you know, Ryan mentioned Marlon Davidson. I, I could see him sneaking into the first round that any number of receivers could get there. Just, you know, pick your poison with the receiver class. If somebody wants to, if the Green Bay really falls in love with IU or one of those guys, Um e- even if Michael Pittman is like your profile, your tall, big guy that sneaks in there above some of the other names that we've been discussing over and over, that wouldn't shock me too much. So, yeah, there should be some good talent on in the second round and even in the third round, particularly at some of these positions like receiver.
3: All right.
1: Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, questions. We're going to extend the break. When we come back, we'll break down the NFC West and AFC West team needs and possible draft targets.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: The Arizona Cardinals, sit, just six picks in this draft, but one of them is number eight. Ryan doesn't taking Jedrick Willis, Jedrick Wills. Why do I keep doing that? In his latest mock draft, it's because I hate people named Wills.
3: What not- you talking about, Wills? Get it?
1: A lot of people, a lot of people, there's, there's a reasonable number of people who name their kids Wills. Wills Brinson. Get off my lawn.
3: Like that? Somehow it'd be more Southern and. Wills! Wills? What's Wills' dad's name? Because that's who you got to call and yell at.
1: Uh, Stern, Stern. I, know, I was going to come up with some fake Southern name. Uh, anyway, they have, uh, you have named Jedrick Wills, uh, and then 72 is their next pick. What did they. Why am I blanking on what they did with their second round pick? It's something obvious, and I'm forgetting it.
2: Uh, they they traded uh, uh, for a receiver uh, named uh, DeAndre something. I don't know.
1: I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins. Um,
4: well,
1: I, huh? no, I really did totally blank. I was like, "What did they do with their second round pick?" It's very obvious. Um, it's been a long weekend. Quarantine brain is is a thing. So, yes, I mean, like I think it's going to be it's pretty easy to see the Cardinals coming out of this as a winner in this draft. If you have number eight overall um, and, you know, you you're probably going to get a blue chip guy, whether it's a receiver or an offensive lineman there, then you can always say, hey, look, we added DeAndre Hopkins as well. I mean, that feels like a pretty good job in the draft.
2: Yeah, I think the most people are gonna say tackle's your biggest need and that's what everybody mocks to them at eight. Uh Ryan has Wills. I think Worfs would be a good fit with his athleticism to play in that offense with Kyler Murray scrambling around, you want a guy that tested through the roof at the combine. I think Worfs would be a good fit there. Uh they could also need a cornerback. Um, you know, we've been saying forever what are they gonna do to to pair with Patrick Peterson when he finally Moves, there's no number one guy now. that. They got Byron Murphy who Brian and I both like last year. Um, and, and he should be good long term, but you still need that, ec- that extra guy to come in and, uh, be the number two guy once Patrick Peterson's done. So I think that's really their two main areas of concern. Um, should also get some more offensive line help center. Um, you could do better at depth at guard. They're probably going to get another running back after trading away, um, David Johnson in that deal. Um, so there aren't too many big needs, which is good because there's not too many premium picks they have left.
3: Let me oh. ask you this, uh, as part of the, the mock draft show on Monday, we, we talked about the trade that I pulled off as the Cincinnati Bengals. I also have the Cardinals, and I traded Patrick Peterson for the 25th overall pick to the Vikings. 30 years old, one year left on this deal. Would you trade Patrick Peterson for the number 25 pick?
2: Uh, probably not for the 25. It's just once you get that deep in the first round, it's a little bit more shaky whether you're going to get a guy and you're going to hit on those picks. They, they can tend to fl- to flesh out a little more. It's I deep. like what I'm getting more with Peterson. I think that we're going to compete in 2020, so I'd rather have that guy that I know is going to be a lockdown guy for 2020.
3: But let me remind you also, RJ, as the Cardinals, I had pick number three, number eight, and number 25 after trading Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson.
1: Wait, so what did you come away with as the Cardinals? Number
3: three, I took Jeffrey Akuda. Uh-huh. Number, uh, I traded down from number eight to number 12 and got another second round pick with the Raiders. At number 12, I got Caleb on chase on the edge rusher. And then at number 25, I got Josh Jones, the left tackle out of Houston.
1: Uh, is your team better than it was before, before the draft? I don't think so.
3: Uh, One year left for Patrick Peterson. He's leaving or he's 31. I,
1: I would just say, I would just say this though. I think that, um, because I, I think the Cardinals want to try and win now. Like I think they feel like they need to get uh, try to have a 500 or better season to kind of keep the pressure off of of Steve Kime in that front office. So I would be sur- surprised if they did that. Also, I think the Pat P stuff, like Pat P, is considered like an all time franchise icon with the Cardinals. In, he won't
3: be uh, traded last year, or is that two years
1: in the eyes of the owner? That's why he won't trade him. And so I, th- I think they will try and hold on to Patrick Peterson as long as possible.
3: Well, I guess yeah, and then because his the contract's up in a year, so you have to pay him. Sixteen million bucks a year. A I think player.
2: you you pay him. This is the time you're paying people when you have Kyler Murray on a rookie deal. Um, you know, you worry about spreading out your talent and getting that cheap talent down the road when you have to pay him a huge deal. But right now, you know, dole out the money, pay what you need to, get build yourself a contender so you can try to win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years. Any chance that the Cardinals could consider somebody like Derek Brown, who we talked about, um, at number eight. I would yeah. I mean, it's not a huge need for them, but if he's there, I think that's a good value for him at eight. So if you just want a uh, like a high floor player, like I was saying earlier, you know, he would help your team. I just don't think that that addresses a big need for him. Well, I mean, I
1: guess, but the thought there is like, all right, we can get a guy. Again, I, you know, you look at their roster, and yes, another offensive lineman would help, but they they have Marcus Gilbert on the right side. He's played at a high level before. They just reset and hurt. Yeah, but they just resigned DJ Humphreys. Kyler, Mo- Kyler Murray's mobile, so you can kind of make up for the lack of offensive line better than you could when you had, uh, Josh Rosen. Like, the, like I, I just wonder if we might be looking at this team dif- differently in terms of needs, uh, than maybe the
3: front offices. I would just say this, and we spent the first 10 minutes talking about Tua by Loa being extremely mobile, playing behind first rounder after first round of the offensive line, and he has had two ankle surgeries and a hip surgery because he holds the ball too long. So, I would want to protect Tyler.
1: Okay um next up on the list of teams the 49ers they have two first round picks 13 and 31 spoiler alert they are one of the most interesting teams in the draft because of those two first round picks so make sure and check out that podcast coming up um and with these two first round picks ryan had them taking henry ruggs at 13 and trayvon diggs at 31 uh what do you think their biggest needs are rj
2: I think that makes sense. I think corner is probably their biggest need long term. We don't know how long Richard Sherman's gonna play. Um, they, and they probably need talent anyway besides him. So, I think that's the focus for them. Uh, I would get more offensive line help guard particularly, but left tackle, because you don't know how long Joe Scaley's gonna play. And even if tackle isn't a need, we know that that's been an area of stress for them because they, when they drafted Mike McGlinchey, I don't think anybody thought they were taking a tackle that year. Uh, but they did, they traded away Trent Brown, and then, you know, it worked out for them. So um tackle could be a need, receiver's obviously a need. The, I think they trade down, you know, more often than, more, all things considered, just cause they don't have any picks in rounds two through four. So, in my seven round mock, which comes out on Thursday, I had them trading from 13 to 22 before they took digs. I also had that as a landing spot for them. And then 31, I had them trade down for 45 and 76. That gave them 22, 45, 58, 76. With those picks, they get a corner, a tackle, a receiver, defensive tackle help to replace Buckner. You can, fill a lot of needs that way just by trading down a couple times
3: yeah i think this is the team most primed to trade down yeah just because brenton you obviously did it last week's monday mock draft i believe and they don't have a lot of draft picks so so that would be the recipe they don't have a lot of needs either so there's nothing they have to overreach for so i think it's a perfect storm of trading downness
1: yeah and uh I think too that 13th overall pick is a sweet spot where there's going to be either a run on receivers or a run on tackles or even a quarterback sitting out there like a Jordan Love as you mentioned potentially later in the week. I don't
3: bring a lot more than someone trying to trade up for a wide receiver or something. If someone desperately loves Jordan Love, you're going to get, you know, premium pick and and um
1: for it. And you mentioned the Patriots is a landing spot. Don't forget the 49ers and Patriots have traded a lot like Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick. Uh, and, and, uh, John Lencher appear to be fairly, on um, fairly good, you know, good friendly working terms. So it wouldn't be shocking to see something come together there. The Rams. Uh, we can move quickly on them. What are their biggest needs? They don't have a first
2: round pick. Yeah, I think they need linebacker help. They they got rid of Corey Littleton and they didn't really replace him. They need offensive line help. Center There's a point of you know uh, uh, stress that they had, hadn't been playing well. Right tackle they need. uh Andrew Whitworth, Whitworth is going to play forever, so I think they really have to focus on offensive line in this, but also get some some uh defensive starters. You know, like linebacker, maybe even another corner to pair with Jalen Ramsey. So, um, yeah, you know, look for good receivers in that 50s range, like Hamler, uh which I think Ryan had in his mock. And then you could find like Ruiz or Cushambury or Hennessy with that other second round pick at first first center. But you can go any a number of ways. You could help that linebacker class with one of those good linebackers in round two or round three as well.
3: Yeah. And my
2: uh two round mock draft, i
3: have to take a break from the seven round of the week before it almost killed me. I had them taking um Lucas Nang out of TCU, he's a right tackle. Both the offensive lines already was talking about, it. and then I did have him taking a fifty seven, the pick they got from the uh from the Texans for Brandon Cooks. I had him taking K J Hamler. Do you have, do you have
1: somebody
2: different taking, doing a seven round mock each week? Uh, we, mine will be the last one. We had, uh, Trap do one way back and then we had Josh do it two Fridays ago. And then, you know, nine or 10 days later, Ryan's came out last Monday and then mine's going to come out Thursday. And that's, and then, you know, a week from that's the draft. So that's, that's wrapping it up. How are the numbers on seven round mocks? Uh, I don't know specifically. I haven't been. Like, relative, Compa- like- comparing them all, they do pretty well. Okay, so like, people, people has- want to know, especially teams that don't have first round picks, they want to know who they're getting throughout their whole class. Like, does Ryan's seven round mock do better than my single round mock?
3: Uh, of course,
1: that's a lie,
3: that's, that's, that's what he didn't want to hear. Fake, By the way, RJ fake, RJ, fake
1: news, white pages,
3: RJ is doing uh, trades in the seven round mock draft, which is just I don't know. He is just punishing himself, uh, self, self-flagellation
2: self is what it's called. Yeah, I, I usually do 30-plus trades. The, this this time he came in at 18. We don't think that there's going to be as many trades in this draft just because of the circumstances surrounding the draft. Um, so I didn't want to go too crazy with trades. So I only did a paltry 18, and it w- made me get, get done with this thing probably two or three days before I thought I would. Hey,
3: Debo, I have a quick question for you. Uh, the Rams traded Brandon Cooks, of course. Would you rather have Brandon Cooks in that Rams offense, or would you like to see what KJ Hammer could do there? Give me Hamler, young guy, fresh legs, a little injury prone, um, but he can make something happen with golf. Does he remind you of Cooks at all? Or is he more Deshaun Jackson? I think Deshaun in a sense. Again, we don't want to like compare him to these these Super perennial pro bowlers, which which Cooks, you know, we thought could be, but I think that's an exciting fit for him in McVay's offense. Yeah, I like it.
1: Uh, who's next on the list? The Seahawks. What are their biggest needs? Seattle Seahawks, 27, 59, 64. Two little picks there, close together. 101, 133, 144, 162, and 214. Eight total, RJ. What direction could you see them going?
2: Yeah, Seahawks obviously like to trade up down and around the board a lot. Uh, so that you could see that happen at 27. In um, my mock, I didn't let it happen because uh, Utergros Matos was there, and I think that's just a great fit for them. Defensive end is is what they really need, which of Jadavian Clowney, looking like he's not going to return. So I think that addresses their biggest need. But also get some offensive line help. They lost a few offensive linemen. They really haven't done a ton to replace them. So you can get a guard. You can get a right tackle. You could even look for some center help if you want. Um, but that's a little bit lower on the list. And then some help in the secondary. Um, I think strong safety could be a, a good pick for them get some cornerback help you know those Seahawks love their big cornerbacks and uh, if they could find one of those guys in the middle rounds I think that that's going to be a target for them as well
3: yeah no that that offensive line defensive line edge rusher um, they took LJ Collier last year he did not work out he was injured injured part of that season um so they they got to get that sorted out um trying to think I think I've actually had Cesar weeds going to the Seahawks in one or two mock drafts, because Justin Britt, I think, only has a couple years left on this deal, maybe just one year. So that's a possibility, but they don't, they don't seem, um, dead set on protecting Russ Wilson, so maybe they have other concerns they want to address first. <laughs> Do, uh, is there a,
1: is there like a player that sort of sticks out as like a, like the random guy the Seahawks might
3: take in the first round? Um, AJ Epinesa seems to fit what they like. Yeah, um, see, but like, I feel like he's too, notable. Mar- Marlon Davidson might be a name. He's yeah. sort of, LJ That's Collins. what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to steal your thunder, RJ. That's who I have them taking in Monday's mock draft on the show. So um, he's not nearly as dynamic as Derek Brown. Um, he plays inside, plays outside. He's a little better outside when you watch him. But he he's like a high upside guy. He didn't necessarily flash every single play at Auburn.
1: Because the, the Seahawks just don't like they don't take corners early. They never they never do that, right? I feel like they've taken.
3: Who are their first-round picks? I'm trying to think. L.J. Collier.
1: L.J. Collier, Rashad Penny. They first. didn't have one the year before. Jermaine Effetti uh, oh. didn't have one the year before in 2015 or 2014 or 2013. What happened there? Uh, the trade-trade uh, trade down a lot. Yeah, either they, they traded down or the Percy Harvin trade or the uh, Jimmy Graham trade.
3: Ugh. Oh. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the – someone had the stat. Of course, don't have it in front of me. We were sort of – And wondering. then oh, just one
1: more I was going to say, too, the the – The very first, I know. Sorry, uh, and then Bruce Irvin, James Carpenter, and Russell Okung, Earl Thomas. uh,
3: just start Earl Thomas, Russell Okung, Bruce Irvin. You could you could argue was pretty good, and that that sounds like it,
1: right? Mm, Yeah, I mean, effetti has been an okay player. He's Penny Penny was started to come on a little bit last year before he tore his
3: ACL. But I mean,
1: yeah, and then L J. Collier one year so.
3: Yeah, that's not great. And um, sort of follow up on that, we were talking about Bill Belichick's draft um, report card. I don't, I can't. I wish I had the tweet in front of me, but he has done extremely poorly in terms of first round picks. Being in terms of the number of Pro Bowls those guys have gone to, it's like a, a an insanely no, low number. So they they haven't hit a bunch of home runs either. Although the counterpoint is that team is still going to the Super Bowl, so maybe the draft first round picks aren't the end all be all. I mean, the Seahawks basically in. Like, built their
1: whole success on, you know, three-year draft stretch where they got Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, KJ Wright, um, Malcolm Smith, who ended up, you know, seventh round pick, who ended up winning the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Russell, Bobby Wagner, and Bruce Irvin. Like, that was the core of, of that,
3: of the, the teams that won the Super Bowl. Well, I guess the other side of that argument is, um, have two good drafts in a row and you, you could be pretty good.
1: Absolutely. Um, so Bill Belichick, bad drafter, according to Ryan Wilson. <laughs> <Bill Belichick. laughs> sure. Keep that one down. In the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers, a very, I mean, uh, like, so we we did uh the Chargers pod, Chargers.com podcast with Chris Hare, friend of the program. And I mean, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if he listens to this or not. I'm not, I'm not trying to like guess as to his, and we talked to him a little bit about like, Hey, like what do you think the Chargers will do? Like, you know, who knows how secretive they're being, and Tom Telesco, um, has been pretty, uh, down the road, I think, in terms of his drafting. I really, I really could see them not going with the quarterback. I think they just really like Tyrod Taylor.
2: Yeah, I'd say it's possible. I would still say that quarterbacks are biggest need at this point. Uh, you get rid of Phillip sure. Rivers, that's going to be the case. And Tyrod Taylor is, what, 30 years old at this point? So, I mean, I don't think that. He's your new franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. So uh, quarterbacks still their biggest need. They need a left tackle. They traded Okung in a good trade, but they don't have anybody really. They signed Balaga, I think, to play the right side. Um, so left tackle is a need. Linebacker lost Thomas Davis. Uh, receiver, I think it'd be a need because in 2021, uh, Keenan Allen's a free agent. Mike Williams, maybe you give him the, the fifth round, the fifth year option, but has he done enough at this point? I don't know. He's kind of been banged up. That seems to mean like not exactly a for sure give him the fifth round option kind of guy. So you could be looking at a pretty stark receiver room in one year. So I, I could see them conceivably with that second round pick if they don't like any of the tackles using it on an impact receiver because we know there's going to be good ones there.
3: We talked to Chris about this, um, on the podcast and I'm sort of buying into it. I would love to see Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Kuda there at six just to see what that defense looks like in matchup against the Chiefs. I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, I wouldn't take Justin Herbert, but again, you know, I'm not Tom Telesco, so we'll see. But, um, I think Tom Telesco loves the idea of the Chargers being connected
1: to Tua or, or yeah, because I think it, it really helps his, position like we saw and we've seen in our mock drafts and and in any mock draft where you know if three quarterbacks go in the top five the teams from six to ten end up getting a just incredible value in terms of the players that they get I mean that's just basic economics
3: but it's true yep I also had the the Chargers taking Jonathan Taylor at 37 I love the idea of them getting like a home run hitting running back to go with Austin Eckler to help out also Jonathan Taylor replaced Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin right Yeah, so...
1: Or is there somebody in between them?
3: Um, I don't know. John Taylor played there a while, though. Three-year starter, for sure.
2: Had to be somebody in between.
3: Maybe it was Dan McGuire. Who knows?
2: Yeah, and I can even... Okuda makes sense, too, because I think I've seen some buzz that Desmond King could be on the trade block, and I think he's a good player. I think anybody... Anybody that's, uh, that's smart would go out and try to get him right now before the draft. And if they bring in Okuda, you know, he's kind of a luxury at that point, King. So, oh,
1: you so. know, you know, you know, who, you know, who replaced, uh, Melvin Gordon?
2: Give me a hint. Don't tell me the answer.
1: Uh, okay. He has a very famous catch in a Super Bowl. Actually, there's two guys who replaced him. He's the uh, little
3: guy
2: from, go ahead, RJ. Okay. Uh, Corey Clement.
3: Correct.
1: Yes. And, if, and in fact, yes. Before, uh, before Corey Clement took over as the feature back, Dare Agunabawale. Oh, cool. Uh, replaced Melvin Gordon there. So they've had- that, I mean, that I mean,
3: name you can pronounce. <laughs> it's like
1: that, I've got, yeah. Holy <laughs> crap. crap. Corey Clement was there with Melvin Gordon. I didn't realize that.
3: Interesting. Yeah. yeah, one of them has a Super Bowl ring.
1: That, that is, that is true. And, uh, one of them has played Madden against me.
3: That was a great catch by Corey Clement.
1: It really was. Uh, so yeah, um, I like the Jonathan Taylor fit a lot. I think that makes a ton of sense. But spe- and I just think they're a team that it would be it would not be surprising at all if they went with a running back in the second round because they're too high in the first round to take one. Um, you know they've used a pick on they've used a first round pick on a running back before twice. Uh, once Ryan Matthews that was under uh, AJ Smith as the GM and then uh, Melvin Gordon as well with Telesco. So I don't think it would be sh- it wouldn't be stunning if they took a running back high. I also think they're just going to really lean on the rushing game. Like I think that's going to be a big part of Tyrod Taylor as their starter, and if that's the case, you just can't feel comfortable with only Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler, in my opinion.
2: I agree. Yeah, I think you get a running back at some point. I don't know that you have to do a 37. Uh, You might have your pick of the litter there because we don't expect a running back to go. So if you really want that guy to be your bell cow, then sure, get him at 37, but if you paid Eckler all this money, I don't know that you need to do that. So really? my seven-round mock, I had them going uh, Zach Moss. I think that would be good in the fourth round, um, third or fourth round. Uh, in the third round, I had them getting a tackle to to uh, to supplement what they got at the top of the draft, which was Love and Jalen Rager, I think, would, is my receiver pick that I got for them. So I think you can get a running back, a good running back in round three or four. You don't have to get one at 37. Okay, that's fair enough. Um,
1: and I, I kind of like Justin Jackson too. So I, I, I don't mind if you want to roll with him and
3: Eckler is a stump. He's only, I think only rushed for 200 something yards the last two years. I mean, he was good the time he had to play a few years ago, but he's, I mean, is he a guy you can lean on for a lot?
1: Uh, we will find out. I mean, they'll, I mean, it's just a, it's just, it's just hard to, I just think the thing with the Chargers is like, are they, are they sensing the need to sort of reboot this roster and to get a fresh face at quarterback in there? Or do they look at it like you mentioned um uh, so Hunter Henry on the franchise tag, Keenan Allen, final year of his deal, Joey Bosa's deal coming up, fifth year option of course, uh will be utilized for him. Um, they have uh Mike Williams, who they may or may not put a fifth year option on. There's a lot of Pete Melvin Ingram coming up on the last year of his deal. You almost wonder if they're like, all right, let's find the best young defensive player we can. Let's get a running back and let's go all in on this season, you know, with, uh, with Tyrod Taylor and just see how it works out. If it fails, um, and we don't, you know, we miss the playoffs or something like that. Maybe we, uh, maybe we totally reboot and, and try to figure it out next year.
3: Thank you for saying, not saying thank you for Trevor. Well, I don't think,
2: I think the roster's too good to tank.
3: And every team can't tank for Trevor.
2: But if you're also in win now mode, I mean, wouldn't a left tackle make sense there now too? You get that protection in there. You let Tyrod Taylor do his thing. Get completely protected when you got Belaga on one side and, you know, uh, Jedrick Wills on on one side or Tristan Wirfs or whoever it's going to be. Andrew Thomas, you know, at six, I think a left tackle could be in play for them at that spot. the yeah. yeah. backup to
3: Tyrod. It is currently Easton Stick. He ain't playing next year. I mean, North Dakota State or South Dakota State? where do he go? Uh,
1: I think he went to South Dakota State. North Dakota State. North Dakota State, yeah. I think he took over for uh, Wentz. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the only reason Easton Stick got any buzz whatsoever was Carson Wentz
3: being good. I mean, he had a good senior season or junior, whatever his last year was there, but the reality is I don't think he's ready to step in for for Tyra. I I mean, that's the thing. It's like,
1: are they going to go after Dalton or Jameis or – Cam, I mean, by all accounts, they they really are happy with Tyrod Taylor. Like you're really running like if you don't draft a quarterback, you are running a serious risk
3: of, of... the fact that they haven't gone after um what's his face Jameis, leads you to believe that perhaps because Cam presumably wants to be the starter, we don't know if he's healthy. Jameis is completely healthy and he can see now, so maybe it does point to the fact that maybe they they are sniffing around quarterbacks in the draft. Well,
1: is it possible that they are waiting until after the after the draft to sign one of these quarterbacks, knowing that? it will cause everyone to believe they are trying to draft somebody
2: at six when they might not want to? It's possible, but – I think if there's a guy that you want, you go get him when you get him. There's no guarantee he's going to be there when you want to go sign him later. So if if that's your plan, like let's let's be sneaky about it and wait till May first and then go sign the quarterback we want. What if someone else signs him, you know, in, in between so, now and then? So uh, I don't think that you play those games with the, the quarterback position. I think if you have a guy you want, you go get him. So the fact that they haven't done it tells me that they don't want these guys. Okay, so.
1: I mean, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so you're just going to go with Tyrod Taylor and Easton Stick. That's, I mean, like that's sort of a ballsy play if you do that. That's sort (laughs) of, I mean, like that, that has immense backfire potential where like you win four games and because Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and Easton Stick is starting and you can't run the ball
3: because you can win eight games with Tyrod Taylor on this team and being extremely boring on offense.
1: I think you win 12 games with the Tyra Taylor in this team.
3: 12, but Easton Stick is a different story. That that could be some Duck Hodges type territory if you're not careful.
2: That's it. It's, 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 go ahead. It could also be a thing if their target for quarterback is Dalton. You know, they don't want to trade anything for him. So maybe they say, "Let's wait till after the draft. We think he's going to get cut. That's when we we jump on a quarterback." So those guys that are trade possibilities, it makes sense to wait on. You know, if you don't, you can't get him now because you don't want to give up
4: anything for him.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I think that's a very good point, R.J. And I, I would not be surprised if all of these teams who might be interested in Andy Dalton were purposely waiting out Mike Brown because I think that the Bengals have to cut Andy Dalton if they draft Jim Burrow, and like they can't get a tra- they can't get a deal for him done. I th- I always think
3: you have to do it. Can you trade in the summertime? That's legal, right? Trade, yeah, trade anytime you want. Never heard any t- summertime trades like during training camp, but like not in, not in June or anything or, or like late May.
2: There was, yeah. No, uh, yeah I, everybody goes on vacation is the problem. So it's it's hard to work <laughs> out a tra- it's hard to work out a trade when you can't nobody's picking up the phone.
1: Yeah. I right. mean like you yeah, you I mean I this year will probably be different. So I mean, it already is different, but it will probably be different in terms of vacation times and all that. So I mean I think you could trade somebody in June. I just think that like I mean don't you don't you agree that the Bengals pro- have to get Andy Dalton out of there? Like it, there was a there was a um a report, I think it was from NFL Network, where they are like, yeah, you know, the Bengals are thinking about keeping Andy Dalton on the roster if they can't find a good trade possible. It's like, that's not, you're just bluffing.
3: You're leaking something out to bluff. For seventy million, you're not doing that. And by the way, if you don't do it before the draft, you're not going to get the draft pick anyway, so who wants to trade Andy Dalton in June for a fourth-round pick in 2021?
1: It's also just weird because this is like your former franchise guy who, in theory, would be your starter right now before the draft that you were going to keep around and like have a competition with Joe Burrow when you draft a number or whatever. You just don't do that.
2: I don't know. I, I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to make waves in the locker room. I, I think that he he seems like a team first player, and and he's had a great run in Cincinnati. So I don't think it's necessary that you have to get rid of him. I don't think the locker room goes to goes to hell with him in there uh, if you have both of them in there. But you know, it also does make sense if you want to trade him after the draft. You're talking about who wants to give a 2021 20, pick for him. Well, you could build um, these incentives in these uh, conditions and make it a conditional pick. Say if Andy Dalton sn- starts 75% of your snaps, you give us a two. Otherwise, you give us a three, that kind of yeah. thing. So, um, it, it does make sense in the fact that you're like, well, we're going to get a better pick then than we would have gotten now if we just trying to get traded them for whatever we could get in
1: 2020. Uh, so, I yeah, so I mean, yeah, I guess you could have traded him before for a 2021 pick, but most people are thinking trade for 2020. And and if you're if you're a team that's drafting, maybe you don't want to give up a 20, 30, 20 round pick because you think it's going to be more valuable. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I like that uh, concept. Let's move on to another team since the Bengals aren't in the AFC West and talk about the Raiders two first round picks left over uh from the still the Cleo Mac deal still still paying off that Cleo Mac deal Ryan Pace good job by you uh number 12 and number 19 they also have 80 81 91 120 and 159 that's a nice little seven round slate of uh of uh, picks for the Raiders, who who do you think or what do you think the the Raiders should target? What are their needs, RJ? Yeah,
2: part of the reason that, that that deal they still have an extra first round pick because of that deal, but they don't have their second rounder. That was part of that deal as well. They had to oh, carry away their second right. rounder, so that's why they don't have that pick. I think most people and, and Ryan didn't do this in his mock, but most people say they're going to take a receiver with one of these picks because they just the Antonio Brown didn't work, so they still have that need at receiver. Um, a lot of people mock a receiver to them at twelve. I did. You, I, I tend to think if they can get C.J. Henderson and fill their cornerback need they could do that at 12 and then go at a receiver at 19 even if it's not one of the top three guys justin jefferson's still a good pick at 19 so but receiver cornerbacks seem to be their biggest two needs you could also look for guard help um some some depth on the defense they did good at linebacker to bring in i believe littleton and kwiakoski um But they could still use a, a a guy to pair on the weak side, um, if middle, if Littleton's gonna play in the middle or vice versa, um, to kind of fill that and kind of really lock up that linebacker core. So those seem to be the kind of places for emphasis to me. Uh, I think 19 would be a good spot to get a guy like that, Patrick Queen, maybe Kenneth Murray, and then just have like a a stud, you know, group of linebackers. And that really becomes a strength of the team when it was a weakness last year.
3: I love the idea of getting CJ Henderson at 12. I think he's gonna go higher than most people think. We usually mention him at 16 to Atlanta. Or 17 to Dallas, but 12 is not too high for CJ Henderson. And I actually like the idea of getting Patrick Queen or, or, um, Kenneth Murray at, at 19. Um, my two round mock draft, I had him actually taking Jordan Love at 12 and then Jeff Gladney, uh, the cornerback of the TCU at 19. Um, but yeah, wide receivers is a need and, you know, Henry Ruggs is a popular destination, uh, a popular name going to, to Las Vegas. Uh, but you know, we've talked about it a million times. This wide receiver's class is such, that you can wait until later rounds and get a good wide receiver. And the defense was their biggest issue last year. wasn't their offense, and unless you, of course, kind of know about Derek Carr.
2: Well, building off that love thing, let me ask you this. So here's what I did in my seven-round mock. You know, I kind of – thought that with bringing in Marcus Mariota, you're bringing in a a mobile, smart quarterback that protects the football. Um, I wonder if they would look in the third round for Jalen Hurts, another mobile quarterback, smart, team first. If that's the kind of direction they want to pull the offense, uh, maybe they pass on quarterback earlier and come back and say, we really think Hurts can be something, and Mariota can be the guy to to hold the spot down. We're getting two similar quarterbacks stylistically, and then we trade Derek Carr to to whoever we can for whatever we can get.
3: Wow. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if that's part of the the math that these teams are doing too, like the Chargers or or other teams the quarterbacks. Maybe they think Derek Carr is going to be available uh, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and, and
1: uh, make, I, they're not trading Derek Carr.
3: That they're sn- snifflings. That um, they're in the, they like they like Jordan Love. Snifflings. Yeah, just reports. That's how I was trying to new word for reports. Okay.
1: Buzz. Okay, no, I like snifflings. I like snifflings. I, I just, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out where it slotted under, like chatter, and,
3: uh, uh, just uh, unsubstantiated reports, just uh, okay. internet rumors, if you will. Hmm. But I can't imagine. Do you think that John Gruden loves Derek Carr as his quarterback? I think no,
1: no, I don't think he does, and I think he'll move on eventually. But I also think that John Gruden. Really wants to make the playoffs this year, really badly. Like
3: I think he wants to. I, I would ask you about Derek Carr then.
1: Well, they've been they've been close twice with Derek Carr. Uh, you know, well, they made the playoffs with um, excuse me with uh, with Jack Del Rio that the, his first year there, and then you know th- they were they were close to a playoff team last year. Like they surprised people. They didn't. I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but like they hit the over on their win total. They were in the playoff race, and then the, the Chiefs just sort of dismantled them and they fell apart. I mean, I just wonder if they think. If they add two more first round caliber talents to this roster, if they aren't in the expanded playoffs, I feel like John Gruden thinks he can get to the playoffs with Derek Carr. And if for some reason it's just not working, he can, you know, try the Marcus Mariota ripcord.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that the uh, the underlying statistics supported that record last year. I think they they won some close games they maybe shouldn't have. They seem to be more like a five win team than a seven win team. Yeah, um, I, hammered so I, under,
1: I hammered their under. And I, yeah,
2: them. so I wouldn't say that because they were a seven win team. Maybe they're actually eight or nine win team. We can we can push for the playoffs now. I think you really have to make a big jump off of their talent level last year because I think that seven was already on the high end well, of the spectrum. Well, right.
1: I agree with you as well. I'm just saying I think that's I think John Gruden thinks that they can be a playoff team. And I think he's like, I don't think he's going to draft Jordan. I mean, maybe like short love and they'll go with him. I, I I don't, I honestly don't know. I just feel like maybe they almost think Marcus Mariota could be like, he's still young. He could still, he could take a leap in, in, in Gruden's system. He could potentially win the job. You know, they did, they signed him the contract. That's like, you know, if you, if you, if
2: you, if you start some games, you're going to get paid. That's why you go get Hurts. You don't spend a, a premium pick. You go and use a third rounder. They have three third rounders. In my in my seven round mock, what I actually did is they traded back from ninety one. Uh, got two, got one sixteen and one twenty from Jacksonville, and then used one twenty one fifty nine to trade up and get Hurts at one oh six. So they kind of shuffled picks around to get better picks in the fourth round instead of that fourth and fifth round pick. Um, but you know, I I don't see why not. You bring in Hertz for competition and see if you can go forward with Mariota and try to develop Hertz. If you know, he's Gruden, you know he wants to develop his own quarterback and look like the QB guru genius. So Absolutely. if you could take Hertz, that that's been so divisive, you know, in the community of whether he's going to be a good quarterback or not. If you can turn him into a star quarterback, then then that's really kudos to John Gruden. So why not do that? And and for the record, uh, with Derek Carr's deal, if they cut him he would have
1: $7.9 million in dead cap space. Next year, $2.5 million in dead cap space. Um, so, like, if Mariota takes over and Carr stays on the roster this year, Carr is adios amigo. Uh, either via trade or being cut. And then he's he's three years left on his deal, but like he's just extremely cuttable at this point. And you could always designate him a June, a post June one cut if you wanted to this offseason, if you wanted to, uh, and just take on $5.4 million in dead cap money. I I think that I just think that like they would keep car around even if they draft somebody. I don't see how they get out of that 12 spot if they stay there. I don't see how they don't draft a wide receiver there in my opinion.
2: You can get with a 19 though.
3: Yeah,
1: that's how they don't do it. You can't get Lamb, Ruggs, or Judy at 19.
3: Can't get CJ Henderson at 19 either, so it just depends on what they, they're in love with most.
1: Okay, fair enough. Alright, uh, Denver Broncos, Ryan's Denver Broncos. You love to see it. Uh, they have the number 15th pick overall, number 46, 77,
2: 83, and 95. What are their needs, RJ? Yeah, most people think receiver at 15. I mean, that's the most common thing is putting Henry Ruggs there. And, uh, receiver isn't, isn't a huge need in the sense that they have a good number one in Cortland Sutton. So it's not like they're, they're limping along with, with bad receivers. Um, but you can see why you could bring a complimentary thing. So receivers that inside linebacker, I think you want to get better at the inside linebacker position. That's not really a position they focused on much. They don't mind drafting a guy like Josie Jewell on day three and, and having him play significant snaps. So, uh, but I would still consider that a need. I think you could still Add another corner. Um, I know that they've made, done some work at the cornerback position, but it seems like they kind of stuck in neutral with what they had last year to what they have this year, and I think you could still add some more players there. So I wouldn't mind seeing Henry Ruggs at 15 or another receiver and then coming back getting a corner at 46, Igman Ogany, Jalen Johnson, A.J. Terrell, any of these guys that we talk about as late first, early second guys.
3: Yeah, in the seven-round mock draft, I actually had them taking Henry Ruggs and then coming back and getting Jalen Johnson the cornerback. In my latest mock draft, the two-rounder, had him taken Jerry Judy, he slipped to 15, and I feel like he's there, you just take him. You just don't even think about it. And then I had him taken Ezra Cleveland, the, um, offensive of tackle on a Boise State at 46. Um, who knows if Garrett Bowles is ever gonna turn into the first round pick they were hoping for. He's gotten slightly better, but he's still sort of a penalty machine, and, and, and I think if you... He's a major penalty machine. If you think about addressing that need, especially with Drew Locke going into year one as the full-time starter from, from day one, then, you know, that makes some sense. But I like the idea of getting Drew Locke more weapons to go along with Noah Fanton. RJ mentioned Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. I mean, this offense could be really good.
1: I, I really do think it could be. I, do you think they would consider a quarterback at 15?
2: I think they like Locke. Okay. Um yeah, I think though, I mean, we talk about, I don't think they have, their needs are that pressing. You know, I, I mentioned three. I think after that, maybe you're looking at nose tackle, which you can get whenever. And then you have, can boost the offensive line help. I think they liked how Bulls played down the stretch. So I don't know that they're ready to move on from him. But because of that, they have three third round picks. I mean, you could package some picks and move up. 15 and 77 should be enough to get you to 11 where the Jets are. If there's a one receiver you have, you have an eye on. If you add 83, make 15, 77, 83, you can get to eight, you know, eight or nine. And you know, Jackson will be looking to move down and, and and build up picks at nine. So I mean if they really have a guy they want to go get at eight, nine, ten, even eleven, uh, you could burn some of these third rounders to go get him. Um yeah, I and like I feel like too with Cortland Sutton,
1: it like a Henry Ruggs would be an unbelievable pairing to me for Cortland Sutton. I'm not saying you pass on on uh, on CeeDee Lamb or, or Jerry Judy because of it. Just I just think he would be a nice pairing.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it makes sense that you get receivers that do different things. It just depends. Do you want that that flexibility in your offense, or do you have a type that you want? We've seen other teams like the Packers go out and get three, six, five guys on day three for their receiver position. That's just what they wanted to do. So I think it really just depends on the on what LA wants to do, on what the the uh, the plan is at receiver. So any of those guys at the top three are good. You take them and you fit them into your offense however you want.
1: All right. Uh, finally, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what are their needs? They have the 32nd overall pick after they won the Super Bowl, 63 as well, 96. What do they need
2: to target here, R.J.? Yeah, they brought Breland back last week, so that that was good. Um, that makes corner a less pressing need, but I still think it is their number one need because they needed to get better at corner anyway, so just because they retained one of their guys doesn't mean they should, should just ignore the position. So you could see an A.J. Terrell or Igbenogany or any of the guys we mentioned at corner at 32. Um, center, I think they haven't replaced Mitch Morse yet uh, to a level that they need for that offense. Even though that offense kind of trucks along and is as good as it is, you could still get better by having a, a solid guy there at center, so I think that could be a play in round two. And they- then defensive end, you could use some help. agba has gone. Um, some more spots on the line. Guard could use more depth. Linebacker could use more depth. And you know, re- running back's a sleeper for some people at thirty-two. I don't think you need to go high on a r- running back, but you could definitely see getting one in round two, three, four, some sometime in the draft at some point. Do you know? Uh, oh,
1: sorry, I was going to say Andy, Andy Reid's only made four first-round picks for the Chiefs. That's kind of surprising.
3: Yeah, it's worked out for him. Okay, maybe we shouldn't pan.
1: Well, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying. I mean, like he, he trades down a lot, or they trade
3: him away. No, I meant paying the Seahawks because they did a lot of that too, and it as you pointed out before, it worked out for them.
2: Yep. And trade up. I mean, you trade two first round picks one one year to go up and get Mahomes, so yep, it's it's sure. and they it moved way pay which factor to go up.
1: Yeah, um, and then uh, Marcus Peters, who was traded away later, and D. Ford, who was also traded away later, uh, before they needed new contracts. Just looking back, on we talked about the running back thing a lot, um, and I know they've been linked. You know, like people put DeAndre Swift in there at thirty two. Um Andy Reid never has never drafted a running back higher. And I think fifty-eight overall when he took uh, Lashawn McCoy with the
3: uh, with the Eagles. So maybe they're at the bottom of round two.
1: That's what I would. Th- that's what I would look at.
3: Yeah, yeah. I had him taking J.K. Dobbins in the seventh round, seventh round mock draft, in, um, at the end of the second round. This most recent one, I had him taking Caesar Ruiz, the center, in the first round, and then cornerback Cameron Dansler at the end of round two. But uh, Debo points.
1: Debo points out, by the way, that Shady McCoy was fifty-three overall which is probably correct. I'm going to fact-check him, but uh, nice of Devo to to embarrass me on my own show.
3: I love the idea of you fact-checking somebody.
1: (laughs) He was 53, yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, I bet Brian Westbrook was 58.
3: Why would you know that?
1: Uh, He was 91. Never mind.
2: (laughs) I saw 58 somewhere on here that he took a running back, or maybe I just... They have used the 50th overall pick on some position at some point.
1: Andy Reid has drafted from the 58 spot once in his life, yes. He just he just never takes running backs that early. Like he always takes these running backs in the middle of the round. He knows how to find value.
2: Yeah, I think it may, that's what makes sense for this draft too. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, all right, anything else on the Chiefs? I, I interrupted you. Ryan, so do you doing
3: finish? No, I, I got around to what I was saying. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, great job as always, fellas. Make sure and. Uh, Check out the podcast feed. You can check out Mock Draft Monday, 12 to 2, or 12 to 3, actually. 12 to yeah, twelve to 3 on CBS Sports HQ. Should be a uh, wild ride, as it always is, on these crazy, zany mock drafts. And uh, most interesting teams tomorrow, part one, along with defensive line and edge rankings with Chris Trapasso.
0: RJ and Ryan, and we see you later.